This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. Investor Schooling is an educational company only. They're not regulated by any government agency. Larry Steinhaus and Phil Falcone are not attorneys or accountants. They're not registered reps of any investment firms. They give advice based on their personal experience and successes. They do not claim that anything on this radio show or podcast is legal advice, estate advice, or tax advice. Please check with your accountant or attorney before using any of the techniques discussed on the show. Stock options and real estate investing have inherent risks and these should not be taken lightly. Any claims made in this presentation are the results of the host or the stated results of students. Your results may differ. Results are also based on effort. They promise that if you do nothing, your results will be nothing. If you actively learn and participate in any programs, your chances of success will increase dramatically but are not guaranteed. Like with any program designed to help your financial success, you need to be prudent and responsible for your actions. Investor Schooling is located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. Visit them on the web at investorschooling.com. HD3 Philadelphia, a radio.com station. Now, live from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios. Investor Schooling Live with Phil Falcone and Larry Steinhaus on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Good afternoon and welcome to Investor Schooling Live. Coming to you from Market Street in the great city of Philadelphia. I'm Phil Falcone here with Larry Steinhaus. We are the founders of Investor Schooling. Get ready to learn real estate and stock option investing. Call us with your questions now at 855-939-1137. That's 855-939-1137. That's right. We are a live program. So you can call us anytime during the show. No matter what we're talking about, we'll love to take your calls. So, Investor Schooling is located in Langhorne, Pennsylvania, serving the Philadelphia area in a real brick-and-mortar building. That's correct. We are real local guys, accessible to our students a minimum of two nights per week. If you want to learn the real estate investing business from people who live it every day, you are listening to the right guys. So, what's happening, Larry? Not much, Phil. You know, so I'm kind of like uh, forgetting what the studio looked like. Yeah, we were out of here for, what, two weeks? We were out here for two weeks. We, we, where were we? We were on a cruise. Yeah. And, and uh, I have to tell you that it was hysterical watching Phil show up on the cruise with a face mask because he was afraid, not of the coronavirus, he was afraid of anybody coughing. That's what he told us last night. Or was it Friday night? Actually, I didn't wear the mask on the cruise. I wore it on the plane. That's right. You wore it on the plane. Exactly. Right. Just right. on the plane. Right. Anytime I'm on a plane, there's always some guy with a ball of phlegm in his throat, and he's <laughs> hacking it up on me, and I, I've just had it. I'd rather wear a mask and, uh, and not have to worry about it. But it, it, was, it, was, it was a great cruise. We were on the real estate investment cruise, the National RIA cruise, which, which was a lot of fun. Um, I got to speak. I did a nice speaking presentation on my favorite topic, which is subject to buying property subject to. And uh, actually, we're going to be talking about my second favorite way to buy property, say, which is raising private money, right? Oh, no, no. Actually, that's my third way. That's my, your third way. That's my third way. way. Wait, right. My second way is is, uh, is seller financing. But we'll t- we, and we've talked about that before. Well, we, I could let you know what we're going to be talking about today. Would you like to know? Yeah, I probably should since, uh, since I'm kind of the co-host and I kind of like should be filled in, right? Well, yeah, you know, since I'm going to be talking to you about these topics. Well, the first thing we're going to talk about today is we're going to talk about how to raise money. People always get into the real estate investing business and they say, geez, I can't do this because uh, I don't have any money. Well, guess what? You don't need any money 
But one of the things you might need to do is raise private money. And we're going to talk about that today. Uh, and that is an extremely important skill to have and easier than you would think to do it. So we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about how can you maximize your investment from your profits of your real estate properties? How can you maximize the money that you're making off your real estate properties? All right. And then we're going to end the show with stock options, our picks for stock options for this week. And boy, what a crazy week it's been. Oh, and boy. How's the it last two weeks have been nuts. The day that the market started tanking was Monday two weeks ago, and that was the first day we were on the cruise. And not only that, with terrible internet connection, I, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, 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 we, we, we must tell this story the best you could tell it, the best we could tell it uh, while we're on the air, so some people can actually have to imagine it. But okay. we're, in the middle of, we're in the middle of a, uh, a presentation uh, on the real estate cruise, and it's 9.30, and the stock market opens, and I'm, we're watching the presentation, we're sitting in the corner, and I'm like, oh, I got to go sell my this. I got to go buy my this. I got to do that. And I couldn't get internet service. And I was dying. So, so Phil, you have to tell it the way, the, the way it looked from your view. Well, I was sitting behind Larry, and he was on his phone. <laughs> and since you're not allowed to use expletives on the radio, <laughs> I will be substituting the words ratten, scratten. <laughs> so Larry kept looking at his phone going, ratten, scratten. Run, scratten! Every five minutes for about an hour. And when he was finished, I believe he told me he lost $11,000 because of the internet yeah. on the cruise. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. By the time I sold what I wanted to sell, it was $11,000 less than where it was when I, when I tried to sell it. Yeah. And I couldn't buy certain things that I wanted to buy. We'll even talk about that later, too. I believe you were disrupting the speaker, a number of the guests <laughs> listening to the speaker, uh, and... And me a little bit. <laughs> you, you only a little bit. Me a little bit. I uh, knew what, what you were dealing I, with. I can't so. even remember who the speaker was. Was the speaker any good? Doesn't matter. So we got a couple other things that we're going to talk about today. And when we come back, we're going to get right into raising private money. So don't go anywhere because this is a skill you're going to want to have. Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from Investorschooling.com. I'm inviting you to a complimentary class in Langhorn this Thursday night at 7 p.m. I will teach you how to buy ugly houses and make them beautiful. As a bonus, we will also teach you stock option investing. So get your butt to this meeting, 7 p.m. this Thursday night, Langhorn, 215-876-3002, Investorschooling.com. Hey everybody, it's Larry Sinus from InvestorSchooling.com. You heard my partner Phil Falcone tell you why you should be there this Thursday night to learn about real estate investing and learn about stock options trading. We're telling you right now you will make more money than you've ever made in your entire life if you learn these two skills. Be there this Thursday night at 7 o'clock in our Langhorn headquarters. Go to InvestorSchooling.com. Pull over right now. Take out your phone and go to InvestorSchooling.com. RSVP right now. InvestorSchooling.com. See you Thursday. I'm Phil Falcone from Executech Suites. I got a question for you. What do you get for $4.95 a month at Executech Suites? You get an office big enough for one person. You get the furniture in that office. You get the telephone on the desk. You get the telephone number. You get the fax number. You get the internet. You get two full-time receptionists to answer the phone in the name of your company. 
and patch the calls to you, whether you're in the office, in your car, or at home sleeping on a couch. You get the conference rooms, you get the mailboxes, you get the printer, the copy, the scanner, you get the janitorial service, the utilities, and free coffee. I know it's hard to believe that you could get all those things for $495 a month, but it's true. 67 Buck Road in Huntington Valley, Executech Suites. Give us a call, 215-942-7701, 215-942-7701. This program is a pay- What's happening, guys? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Investor Schooling Live. So, first of all, if you have any uh, any questions you want to call in and talk to us, you can call us at 855-939-1137. That's right. We are live. You can call in at 855-939-1137 with your question. Real quick, I want to draw, I just want to say a little couple of people on our Facebook. I see us. By the way, we're transmitting right now live on Facebook Live. Uh, I see Jamie out there. I see Damien. I see Suresh. And, uh, oh, look, I see Christian and Joey. So thanks, thanks to you guys for listening. Thanks for leaving your comments. And I understand we have a phone call. Cool. Let's, Who do we have? Let's go to it. Hello, Shirley. Thanks for calling Investor Schooling Live. Well, I was really interested prior to this about that IRA. You want to talk about IRAs? Yeah. Okay. Well, tell us what your question is. Well, my question was that uh, it's not like uh, you could uh, lose, lose any money, but how is it different from any other IRA? What, what, what are you talking about, a self-directed IRA, or are you talking about a an, an IRA? Uh, I mean, are you talking about a specific IRA or a self-directed IRA? Well, I, ha- I have an IRA, okay, and uh, I wanted to know if I could get more interest. Well, so you can. Um, so what, what kind of interest rate are you getting right now? Six, three percent. Six, I'm sorry, did you say six percent? No, six, three percent. Six point three? Fixed, fixed, F-I-X-E-D. Oh, fixed, I'm sorry, a fixed three percent. My apologies, I don't have my hearing aids in, and that's no joke, that's actually really true. I really don't have them in. Well, <laughs> I don't use hearing aids, and I was struggling to hear it too. Surely... So uh, what we, we we just started our show five minutes ago. Are you sure you're not calling from the previous show? Well, but actually, her her question is great because it actually fits right into what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Okay. So so, he, so here's a, here's something interesting. So we want to talk about how to raise private money. So so for you guys out there, so Shirley has an IRA and she's getting a fixed three percent in her IRA. So typically, what we would do is we would make an offer to you. Now we you know we can't actually make that offer to you. We we would have to know who you are first. But we would typically make an offer to a friend of ours or somebody that we knew that was getting a rate like yours, and we could offer much more on a real estate loan that you would actually work using a self-directed IRA. So there are companies out there such as Camaplan, who uh, a good friend of ours owns it, Carl Fisher, he owns Camaplan, and you would go to Camaplan, you would move your money to Camaplan, and then from there you would loan it to a real estate investor, and hopefully a real estate investor who knows what they're doing, such as uh, Phil and I, would be a good example. Yeah, and we would so be our, ultimately our goes, This ultimately goes to real estate? Well, it, it depends on what you would want to do with it. So w- in our case, if we were to borrow the money from you, we would we would borrow it and, you know, we would give you a higher rate than 3%, of course, and it would be a, in a real estate deal. So you would get interest payments or interest and principal payments on your IRA. 
Now, what's really neat about that is, uh, you know, if you're at a certain age and you need to start making automatic withdrawals, the withdrawals actually turn out to be the, you know, would turn out to be the payment, which is really nice as well. Or you can even buy your own real estate in your IRA. With a self-directed IRA, you can actually buy real estate in a self-directed IRA. And with that, you can, you can grow your IRA while you're collecting rent. And again, if you're at a certain age, you can start collecting that rent as payments to yourself. Yeah, I probably would have to find if my daughter could take this over because I'm, I'm not at that age. Too old. Well, so, so you could still contribute so to your IRA might, and you can I still could. pull money out. Oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> let me call you back on this, okay? So, sounds great. We, we look forward to talking to you again. Thanks for the call, Shirley. All right, so let's get involved into this conversation. All right, so you're a real estate investor, and maybe you're new, you're thinking about getting into the business, and you need to raise some money to be able to do your deals. Well, the first thing that we would talk about is you want to try to talk to people who already know you. So one of the best places that all of us humans keep phone numbers of individuals is in our phone. These are preferably people that we've spoken to at least once, and we have some kind of relationship with them. And and the concept behind this philosophy is that you should be able to borrow money off of people who know you. You have some sort of relationship with them. It could be a family relationship. It could be a business relationship. It doesn't really matter. And the fact that these people know you is what we're going to base all of our efforts on. So I could have, let's just say, for example, that Shirley, who just called, was my aunt. And I'm going to call my aunt Shirley. And I'm going to go, hi, Shirley, how you doing? Great to talk to you, blah, 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 blah. And then when we get down to business, I'm going to say, can I ask you a question? What do you do with your money? And what kind of interest do you earn on that money? And if Shirley felt, if my aunt Shirley felt like sharing it with me, which it is, you know, it is, some people consider that to be very private, how much money they have and what they're earning off of it. But if my aunt Shirley was willing to share with me that she's making 3% on her money, I could probably offer her substantially more. And I would do that because there's a real estate deal that I feel I'm going to be able to make 10% or 12% on. And if I could make that much money off of it, then I certainly could possibly borrow Shirley's money, secure her money with a note and a mortgage against the property that I'm buying. I would be the owner of the property. Shirley would become the bank. My aunt Shirley would become the bank. She would have the same documentation that a bank has when they lend you money. Maybe just a little bit less (laughs) as far as the crazy, crazy paperwork that banks usually give you when you go to a settlement. So Shirley would be, have a secured asset, house worth $150,000 would be the asset securing the loan that Shirley gave me. And I would make payments to Shirley every month. If by some chance I didn't make those payments, just like a bank, Shirley could come and take the asset that her loan is secured against. And that is a concept that we use all the time where we call individuals that we have a relationship with, family members, friends, associates in the business, people who have money and may not be 100% pleased 
with the results that they're getting on that money. Like, for example, if you had a bunch of money in the stock market this week, <laughs> you might be looking for something else to put money into right now. What do you think about that, Larry? Yeah, right? <laughs> so I wanted to ask you a couple of questions on this because I think there are a lot of questions that people may have. So one question may be, how, how can they be sure that, first of all, that you're not going to run away with their money? Uh, how can they be sure that the, the real estate is secure? With, I'm sorry, the loan is secure with real estate? And how can they be sure that you're going to pay them? Okay. Boy, that's, that's a three-part question. You're really testing my memory. <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's do it. Sure. First of all, they never actually give the money to me. So if I continue with the philosophy of Aunt Shirley, Aunt Shirley doesn't write me a check. I don't actually get handed a check from Shirley. The money is sent to a title company where the title company will also be responsible for uh, overlooking the note and mortgage documents for the loan and recording the loan at the local courthouse so that my Aunt Shirley is protected in the event that I tried to run away with the money. Also, the title company will be facilitating the purchase of the property. Otherwise, the money, if anything went wrong with the settlement and the actual purchase of the property didn't occur, for example, the seller didn't show up, right? Then Shirley would get her money back and I would mm -hmm. never get to touch her money. The money does not come to me. It goes to the title company who facilitates it to me. Therefore, it is virtually impossible for me to run away with the money. So in the end of settlement, if the money is actually goes through, if the transaction goes completely through, I now own the house and Shirley now owns the note and the mortgage that is secured against that house. Okay. Now, the other question you had is, is it secure? Well, that's what the, that's what the purpose of those very documents is for, to secure Shirley's loan. So if you loan money to a real estate investor, the, you're basically creating an income stream for your money. So in, in this case, the house is the asset that secures the loan, and I have to make payments to Shirley. Otherwise, I will lose the asset that I so very much wanted to buy. And I'll also lose the profits that I'm going to earn off of that asset, assuming that there would be some. A smart real estate investor, certainly, you would hope. And your last question was, how do I ensure, how does Shirley ensure that I pay her? Sure. Well, a lot of times people will say to me, hey, Phil, you're an interesting guy and you seem like you know what you're doing, but how do I know you're going to pay me? Because I really don't know you. And my answer to that is, hey, how would you like to get to know me? Do you play poker? Do you like to go out and have a cocktail? Would you like to drive around and see some of the properties that I own? Would you like to, me to introduce you to some of the people in my family who helped me run my portfolio? Would you, would you uh, like to meet some of my private lenders who have lent me money before? So whenever someone says, well, I don't know you, that's an easy problem to fix, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you something else that I do too that I, I think is, that also helps is I sign what's called a confession of judgment. And I put this confession of judgment in the mortgage, in the note paperwork that basically says, and, and here's the reason for it, just so you understand. 
most people say, well, I don't know if I want to go through that process called foreclosure. Look at the banks. It takes four years for them to foreclose on a house, which, by the way, it really doesn't. They just, they just take their time. But the reality is they're afraid when they lend you the money that they have to go through this process called foreclosure to get their money back if you don't pay them or get their house. So I put in what's called a confession of judgment that basically says if I miss three payments, they get the property automatically. In fact, my confession of judgment even says that I will pay all lawyers' costs for them to get the property. So you know that I really don't want to ever miss a payment because if I miss a payment, it's going to cost me a lot of money. It's going to cost me the property. It's going to cost me the lawyers' fees to get them to 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 put the property in their name. So it's it's a real problem for me if I don't make a payment. In fact, I want to make a payment so badly, I don't want to go through the problems of it. So that's another way to help your your bar. Your, I'm sorry, your uh, lender to lend you money and make them understand it. Yeah, another thing that I tell a lender is I'll say, listen, um, you're only lending me 90% of this money that's needed to buy this property. I'm putting up the 10%. I'm certainly not going to put up 10%, do all this hard work of getting someone to lend me the money, going to settlement, renovating this property, and all the other things that are involved in the real estate business, and then turn around and not pay you. That would be stupid. I'm not stupid. Right. So I explain to people that it's it's not a logical thing that a real estate investor would do. I can't I'm not going to say it can't happen. It can happen, but not with an experienced investor like myself that's been investing since 1989. And, and, and the risk is actually in the borrower, not in the lender. The borrower is taking the risk because, like Phil said, he put down 10, maybe 20, maybe 30 percent. And that's his risk. If you are a lender and you lend someone money. A real estate investor money, you get the whole property. So you get their money that they put up in the property if, if there's value in the property. Now, the other thing that I want to do is when, when I lend, when I borrow money from someone, I want to show them what the property's worth and that there really is equity or if that, or if I'm buying a property that needs to be rehabbed, what the rehab looks like, what the ARV looks like, and what that, and what that property is going to look like and what it's going to be worth after I renovate it. Because I believe that's also important and what my rent roll will be. In fact, I mean, you know, there are times where I go to closing with, with uh, private lenders and I actually get money back, but the reason I'm getting money back is to renovate the property. But as long as I can show that I'm going to make money when I borrow that much money and that the property's going to be worth more than they're lending me, I'm okay with borrowing money from them and they're okay with lending it to me. Uh, yes, absolutely they are. And, they, and everybody's a little nervous when they do their first deal and they, and they uh, lend money to you. But after a while, it's kind of like renting a property. You, you know, you, you put a new tenant in a piece of property and you, you get X amount of dollars from them. But until you see them making the rent money payments every month, you, you get more comfortable with it. And look, the whole premise is based on you're borrowing money off of people who already know you. People already have some level of relationship with you. And if you can't borrow money off of people that have a relationship with you, it's going to be obviously harder to borrow money off of people who don't. So at this time, we're going to go to a commercial break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about how do you determine the rent to charge for your home? We'll see you in two minutes. Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from Investorschooling.com. I'm inviting you to a complimentary class in Langhorne this Thursday night at 7 p.m. I will teach you how to buy ugly houses and make them beautiful. As a bonus, we will also teach you stock option investing. So get your butt to this meeting, 7 p.m. this Thursday night, Langhorne, 
215-876-3002, investorschooling.com. Hey everybody, it's Larry Sinus from InvestorSchooling.com. You heard my partner Phil Falcone tell you why you should be there this Thursday night to learn about real estate investing and learn about stock options trading. We're telling you right now you will make more money than you've ever made in your entire life if you learn these two skills. Be there this Thursday night at 7 o'clock in our Langhorne headquarters. Go to InvestorSchooling.com. Pull over right now. Take out your phone and go to InvestorSchooling.com. RSVP right now. InvestorSchooling.com. See you Thursday. I'm Phil Falcone from Executech Suites. I got a question for you. What do you get for $4.95 a month at Executech Suites? You get an office big enough for one person. You get the furniture in that office. You get the telephone on the desk. You get the telephone number. You get the fax number. You get the internet. You get two full-time receptionists to answer the phone in the name of your company and patch the calls to you, whether you're in the office, in your car, or at home sleeping on a couch. You get the conference rooms, you get the mailboxes, you get the printer, the copy, the scanner, you get the janitorial service, the utilities, and free coffee. I know it's hard to believe that you could get all those things for $495 a month, but it's true. 67 Buck Road in Huntington Valley, Executech Suites. Give us a call, 215-942-7701, 215-942-7701. Hey everybody, it's Larry Sinus from InvestorSchooling.com. And I'm Phil Falcone from InvestorSchooling.com. Hey, what are we going to teach him this Thursday night, Phil? We're going to teach you how to invest in real estate so you can build a basis to get rich. And I promise I'm going to teach you stock options. So go to InvestorSchooling.com and RSVP right now. Right, Phil? We've been in this business for 30 years. We have amazing amounts of information to share with you. Get your butt to this meeting this Thursday night in Langhorn. InvestorSchooling.com. This program. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Investor Schooling Live. We are broadcasting out here in Philadelphia. This is uh, our place where Phil and I like to hang out. We like to hang out in Philadelphia. We are in a, we're in a private studio. We're not going to tell anybody where it is. I bet you you guys can tell on Facebook Live where we are because there's signs all over. But <laughs> it's kind of cool. We actually have a lot of fun in this show. And listen, if you guys want to call in, please call in at 855-939-1137. We had an interesting caller a little while ago. I, again, I, I agree with Phil. I'm not sure if she was calling the right show. But the kind of cool part was we were able to answer her question, which was kind of neat. Yeah, but we weren't talking about IRAs prior not, to At least not calling, yet. I, know, so right? <laughs> I think she was calling from the last show. But, but surely, okay. thank you for calling in. Yeah, anyway. exactly. But, but, it was, but again, it was a great question because it actually led right into our topic, which was pretty awesome, which was about raising private money. And by the way, there's so much more to raising private money that we can talk about. We, I mean, we talk for hours in a uh, in some in presentations that we do about private money. So there's so much more. So you guys want to find out more about your rise, raising private money, you want to go to InvestorSchooling.com and you want to register for this Thursday night class, InvestorSchooling.com. It's a free class and you're going to be sitting in an actual class. You know, a lot of these places, they've, they come in, you know, these, these fly by night or fly in, fly out trainers, they come in. They give you no information, and they basically give you an all-day sales pitch. We don't do that. We actually have you sit down, sit in our class that someone had paid for already, and sit in the class and actually watch the class and learn in that class. So if you want to come this Thursday night, to go to InvestorSchooling.com, and you will learn a lot. All right, what do we got next, Phil? Well, the next is uh, we were going to talk about the topic, how do you determine the rent to charge for your home? But how do you do that, Larry? Yeah, this is a tough one. Because you, everybody, the first thing everybody wants to do is, 
I want to rent, rent it for more money than I'm paying. Well, that's great, except maybe it's not worth that. So there are a couple of ways to, to really determine it. I, I'll be honest, probably my favorite way to determine it is really know my market. I want to know the area, and I want to know what is going on in that area. I mean, I, want, I have rented houses before in that area. That may be the best way to do it. But if you don't know your area, there are places you can go. And believe it or not, I hate using, using it, but Zillow is one. Rent-a-meter is another one. And you can get an idea of what the average rent is in the area, and you can then advertise for that rent. Now, I typically tend to get more rent for my places than most people rent in that in the neighborhood. So, like, so do I. Yeah, and and I and I think the reason is because we try, you know. And it's funny because I'll set the precedent all the time, and it's usually fifty bucks to seventy five dollars higher than everyone else gets. I thought the reason was because we're good. Well, it is because we're good. But it's also because we renovate the properties properly. I mean, you know, when I advertise something for rent, I, I advertise it with the same with the same tagline, renting nice properties to nice people since 1983. And that helps. You know, people, you know, just like a landlord is afraid of a tenant, tenants are afraid of landlords. You know, there's a lot of landlords out there that either don't know what they're doing or intentionally hurt people and, or, or, or hurt people because they just don't know what they're doing. And they want to see someone when someone says, hey, renting nice places to nice people since 1983, they know this guy's an experienced landlord. They know it's a good place to rent. They feel comfortable. They get the warm and fuzzy right away. And when I speak to them on the phone, they get the warm and fuzzy right away. So when I say this is how much the rent is, they're okay with it. And they come and they look at the place. And typically they come and look at the place because of the way I renovate it. They come and look at the place. They go, wow, this is beautiful. This is the nicest one I've seen. And I go, and that's the reaction I like to get. Well, I would say that... uh... I agree with all of that. And I like your saying, renting nice properties to nice people since 1983. Pretty good. So what I, you know, one thing for sure, before you buy a property, you want to know what you can rent it for. And uh, I always went to Craigslist or Rent-A-Meter as well and just, just research, try to find out what other people are charging for a similar property. It's the same as running comps on a property. You got to run comps on a property. You got to know what other people sold their homes for. Similar homes, so you can figure out if, if your home is actually worth what you're paying for it. And you you better be sure, it's really important, you better be sure that the rent you expect to get is realistic, that other people are getting that. And that's really critical. So, um, I don't know, you know, the 1% rule, we could talk about that for a second. So one of the rules that we use is if you're going to buy a property, and let's just say that the price you're going to have to pay for it after you've done some negotiations, you're going to have to pay $150,000 for this property. You're just going to have to. Larry, how much rent does that property have to make at a minimum? So the absolute, so the absolute minimum that I would look at rent on that property would be $1,500. Now, I'd hope to get more, but 15, I wouldn't even look at the property. In other words, if I call the person up and they said, hey, you know, they want $150,000 for the property, and the rent is $1,000, I can't even look at the property. There's nothing there. I'm guaranteed to lose money at that rent. That's why we talk about the 1% rule, which basically says that if the property is selling for $150,000, your rent must be or should be 1% or higher than the purchase price. And the formula seems to work out very well. Now, it, not always, but it, at, least, at least you have a good reference. You have something to look at. Look, here's the deal. If someone's run, selling me a property for one hundred and fifty and it's running for two thousand, I can't get to them fast enough. 
That's what I want to hear. I want to hear numbers like that. Those, those are fantastic numbers. But the 1% rule is something that I want to look at. Now, if it's close, if it's 1400 for example, and the guy's asking 150 there may be a reason to go look. You know, maybe I can negotiate the property. Maybe that's his asking price, and maybe he's expecting a little bit less. But if he's nowhere close, don't even look. It's not even worth it. Well, uh, I tell the story uh, recently at the school about a, a, a woman who came up to me and said, I have this property for sale. Would you like to come and look at it? This was, I was working out about, this was about four weeks ago at the gym on a Sunday morning. And uh, a woman, she knows I'm a real estate investor because I'm driving around in an I buy houses car and I wear I buy houses t-shirts sometimes at the gym. One time I wore them for six months straight at the gym. Because why? Because people don't talk to anyone at the gym. Everybody's got earbuds in their ears, right? So how do you let people know? You need a visual, something they can read, right? So you don't have to actually talk to them. And that kind of told everyone in the gym, oh, I'm the guy who drives the I buy houses car. Actually, because my T-shirt had a picture of the car on it. But anyway, this woman came up to me and said, I got a house uh, I'm trying to sell, and I was wondering if you might want to take a look at it. And I knew the neighborhood right away. I do like that neighborhood. I did want to buy houses in that neighborhood. So I said, sure, let's just go over right now. And she was like, don't worry about it. You know, you don't have to interrupt your workout. I said, no, really, my back's hurting me. I'm ready to get out of here. Let's go right now. So as soon as I went to the house, we go inside. She's got it listed with a realtor for 230 grand. And my first question was, what can you rent this property for? And she goes, oh, about 1400 maybe 1500 a month. And I said, well, your, price, your property's priced too high for me. Now, for a retail purchase, maybe somebody would be willing to overpay for that property. But to an investor, I said, the most I could pay you was about 150 grand. So she says to me, that's interesting that you came up with that number because I talked to another man in this development who owns four houses here, and that's exactly the number that he said. And I said, well, he must know the 1% rule because he's using the same formula that I'm using. And that is how you negotiate. When you're looking at stuff, when you're looking at properties, you want to negotiate. And that's how you're going to negotiate. You can actually be able to talk to someone and say, look, you're asking too much for your house. How do I evaluate the property? That's how you evaluate the property. You have a multifamily house, and the multifamily house is selling for 400000 and it's four families. It better get at least $1,000 a month rent in each unit, or it's just not even going to be worth it. These, the, and these, again, these are all the things you need to keep in mind. Look, you want to, you, if you want to uh, get an apartment built, an apartment complex with a hundred units and they want, I don't know, they want a hundred million for it, your rent roll better be, is that a hundred or is it one million or is it, or is it, <laughs> is it a hundred thousand a month? Well, whatever. <laughs> you guys get the point. <laughs> But you don't even want to look at it unless those numbers even start to work. Now, there's so much more to look at, of course, in an apartment building, but that's just the beginning of what you want to look at. So uh, let's talk a little bit about something else. We've had a couple of questions that came in, and one of them is interesting. So, so we just went through a pretty crazy couple of weeks with the stock market with the coronavirus. And somebody emailed me the question, how will the coronavirus affect the real estate? <laughs> so here's how the coronavirus will affect real estate. People will be locking themselves in their house, which is insane. And anything that has to do with this coronavirus drives me nuts. So I, you just hit you just hit a topic of mine that's making me making me nuts right You're now. You're a corona denier. Aren't no, you? I'm not a corona denier. I'm a 
This is the most ridiculous thing. Stop it, everybody. It's a damn people flu. Have the disease already. Well, I'm actually looking at the Bing map over here on my screen right. that says that oh, 17,485 people are confirmed. So 100 people, 1,000 people may have it, but this says these well, are confirmed MS, cases. MSNBC, or as I like to say, MSLSD. <laughs> MSLSD is reporting that 100,000 people worldwide have the coronavirus. Well, either way, I am looking at, right now, I'm looking at a chart <laughs> that says 17,485 people That's are confirmed. That's from a website for Friday. But okay. No, I just refreshed it. <laughs> and it says total deaths, 362. Total recovered, 506. All right, we got a couple minutes for the other question. Let's talk about that. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But you, you wanted to know how it's going to affect the real estate market, right? Well, go ahead. I, it's not, so it's either not going to affect it or it's going to make it go up. But it's going to happen so – the coronavirus is going to go What would be the philosophy away. of making real estate values go Because up. people won't go on vacation and they'll want a vacation at home. So they'll their houses become more important to them because yeah, they never staycation, leave Vacation, right. But it's not going to happen because the coronavirus – two months from now, we're going to go – remember that thing with the coronavirus? Remember how scary that was? That That's – that's my prediction. Well, I hope you're right about that. Yeah, me too, actually. I, I, I think it's probably not going to affect the real estate market. No, not at all. Probably not. No, it can only help it. Right. Unless uh, a whole bunch of people died, and then there would be an abundance of vacant houses. Well, I keep saying that there's there's two options here. There's one is take advantage of it, and you're going to make a whole lot of money with it, or you're going to be dead anyway, so who cares? All right, so let's talk about the other question since we have a few minutes. How can you maximize your investment in real estate? So take your real estate profits. How can you maximize them? What do you do with your money, Larry, when you make a bunch of money from real estate? I buy cars. And what else do you do? <laughs> How many cars do you have? I'm picking up another one this Tuesday. Yeah, what, what uh, the one for the wife? The one for the wife, yeah. I'm picking up a, a, a well, How many cars is that going to be? Uh, enough. I'm picking, up, I'm picking her up a, a, a Shelby Cobra. Yeah, I saw pictures of it. Kind of neat. I'll, I'll tell you what I do with my profits from real estate. I put them in a stock option. Yeah, exactly. I knew you were going there. I just thought I'd derail you for a little while. Okay, well, thank you for derailing me. <laughs> so, speaking of stock yes, options. Yes, Phil and I really do get along, by the way, just in case you didn't know. Why would anybody think we don't? Well, you know, because you, you know, sometimes you and I, like, you know, we tease each other. By the way, if you ever come to the school, you got to come to the school, investorschooling.com. Go to investorschooling.com, RSVP, and just watch the interaction between Phil and I. It's fun to watch, right? I mean, I, I, some of these students are online watching, right? So, Jamie, you know, tell us about how your interaction, how, how much fun we have when we're out there. Uh, a couple other guys, boy, we got a lot of people making comments here, right? All these people. Tell us about the interaction between uh, Phil and I and how much fun it is to watch. But go to investorschooling.com and sign up for this Thursday's class. Now, I interrupted Phil again, and, and for you guys who are watching, look at that face, man. He's so mad. <laughs> Go ahead, Phil. You can talk now. Okay, thank you. Uh, I was merely going to say that on the next segment, we're going to talk about our stock option picks of the week. And uh, if you're a, a stock option investor or a stock market investor of any type, you definitely don't want to miss this section. So when we come back, we're going to go and talk about stock option picks of the week. <laughs>
Very cool. Hi, I'm Phil Falcone from Investorschooling.com. I'm inviting you to a complimentary class in Langhorn this Thursday night at 7 p.m. I will teach you how to buy ugly houses and make them beautiful. As a bonus, we will also teach you stock option investing. So get your butt to this meeting, 7 p.m. this Thursday night, Langhorn, 215-876-3002, Investorschooling.com. Hey everybody, it's Larry Sinus from InvestorSchooling.com. You heard my partner Phil Falcone tell you why you should be there this Thursday night to learn about real estate investing and learn about stock options trading. We're telling you right now you will make more money than you've ever made in your entire life if you learn these two skills. Be there this Thursday night at 7 o'clock in our Langhorn headquarters. Go to InvestorSchooling.com. Pull over right now. Take out your phone and go to InvestorSchooling.com. RSVP right now. InvestorSchooling.com. See you Thursday. I'm Phil Falcone from Executech Suites. I got a question for you. What do you get for $4.95 a month at Executech Suites? You get an office big enough for one person. You get the furniture in that office. You get the telephone on the desk. You get the telephone number. You get the fax number. You get the internet. You get two full-time receptionists to answer the phone in the name of your company and patch the calls to you, whether you're in the office, in your car, or at home sleeping on a couch. You get the conference rooms, you get the mailboxes, you get the printer, the copier, scanner, you get the janitorial service, the utilities, and free coffee. I know it's hard to believe that you could get all those things for $495 a month, but it's true. 67 Buck Road in Huntington Valley, Executech Suites. Give us a call, 215-942-7701, 215-942-7701. Hey everybody, it's Larry Sinus from InvestorSchooling.com. And I'm Phil Falcone from InvestorSchooling.com. Hey, what are we going to teach him this Thursday night, Phil? We're going to teach you how to invest in real estate so you can build a basis to get rich. And I promise I'm going to teach you stock options. So go to InvestorSchooling.com and RSVP right now. Right, Phil? We've been in this business for 30 years. We have amazing amounts of information to share with you. Get your butt to this meeting this Thursday night in Langhorn. InvestorSchooling.com. back for my favorite segment of Investor Schooling Live. By the way, if you heard that commercial out there, uh, the one that was just running where I say, get your butt to this meeting, you would laugh, but there's been at least four people who've called our school or my uh, assistant and complained about me using the phrase, get your butt to the meeting. I didn't realize it was so offending to people. That's what happens when you're on a conservative radio station. Apparently. Right? Apparently. <laughs> so, one of the things we're going to talk about now is our stock option picks of the week. You're up, my man. All right, cool. So, we still have the coronavirus. What an interesting virus this is. You certainly do still have it. And it's growing. And it's, it's, there's no doubt it's going to grow. The real question is, how is it going to affect people. So the, the, the crazy part about this is people are panicking and, you know, and I'm starting, I don't really watch the news and that's part of, part of uh, what, why I see things differently than a lot of people, but we're sitting here, we're watching the news and we were watching M- 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 MSNBC a couple of minutes ago on the monitor and they're talking about the coronavirus. It's every, it's every news, <laughs> it's every newscaster's, can I say wet dream? I don't know. But if, he, if not, they'll block it. 
But but that's the problem. That's what's going on. Is now they have something else to talk about besides how much they hate Trump, which is fantastic. So now they got something new to talk about. Now they might actually report something that might be news. But you got to make the news interesting. So to make the news interesting, we got to make the coronavirus as horrible as it could ever possibly be. So it's the world is going to end tomorrow. Listen, in fact, I'm going to tell you right now that money is the number one way the coronavirus is going to spread. So I want you to send all your money to 108 Corporate Drive. We will keep, we will keep it safe for you in a safe. Uh, so send it to 108 Corporate Drive East in Langhorn. That's our that's Investor School's Larry, headquarters. That's a despicable technique you're telling us. <laughs> <laughs> you think so, Phil? You don't think that's a good idea? I don't think it'll work. No, you don't think it'll work? No. I if just it want does, their cash. let me know and I'll. Put I just out. want their cash. So send all your cash. Any cash you have in your wallet, just send it to 108 Corporate Drive East, Langhorne, Pennsylvania, care of investor schooling. <laughs> so that's what's going on. But no, okay. So there's a bunch of couple of ways you can make money. A bunch of couple of ways, yeah. A bunch of ways you can make money with this coronavirus. And one of the problems with the stock market right now is that the VIX is so high. I believe the last time I looked, the VIX was like 46 or 47. Now, the VIX is basically an oscillating indicator of the the amount of people buying puts and calls. And it creates a ratio. And when the ratio is really high, like 46, what it means is the stock market is going to move super fast. So you may buy a play at 10 o'clock in the morning, and by 1 o'clock, it's peaked, and by but and maybe it's gone up three points, and then by 2 o'clock, it's gone down five points. That's how fast it can move because the VIX is high. So you got to kind of remember these things when you're buying stock options, especially when the VIX is that high. I mean, we're, we're, we're missing some crazy deals here because it moves so fast that we blink. Now, typically, the VIX isn't that high. Typically, the VIX is in the teens, and, and when it's in the low teens, it's a really nice, comfortable way to invest in the stock market. But right now, we're seeing crazy VIX numbers. So that's going to hurt. Let me ask you a question about the VIX. Sure. So the VIX, the VIX number is, is dictating the volatility of the entire stock market. Absolutely, yes. But can you not also click on a particular stock and get a VIX number for each stock? You know, uh, that's a good question. I actually go to I go to the options chain and I take a look to see how many people are interested in the puts and how many people are interested in the in the. So calls. you can see how many people are trading it. Right. Right. So if if I wanted to do that for a particular stock that I was buying, yeah. what would be a reasonable number? What would be? So I would look at when I look at the stock, I look to see how many people and it's hard. I, I can't do it without a chart to show you. Um, maybe we'll bring it up this. Actually, we'll bring it up this week in class and I'll show you exactly what I do when I want to see. If the stock is super volatile, but it's not. Again, it's the, the the volatility number when we're using volatility. That's a day trading technique. So if you're going to day trade options, those numbers are great. But since we don't teach day trading options, because I personally don't like day trading options. Day trading options is gambling, and the problem with day trading options is you could throw twenty five thousand into an account, and you could have zero in an hour, and that's not really what we want to teach our students. So what we're teaching our students is how to make. Uh, typically 90-day plays and make money on those plays. We're not making 100%. We're not making 200 We're not making 1,000%. We're typically making anywhere from 28 35% on a trade. And we want to have more wins than losses. And when we have more wins than losses, obviously we've made money. And that's what we're trying to teach. That's what we do. So I, I, although the VIX is kind of a neat number, you know, it's kind of fun to watch. But at the same time, it doesn't affect our trading style as much as some other trading styles. So we had talked about this on Thursday. We had talked about some great picks that are going on right now. Now, I know it's odd, and I know you can think I'm crazy, 
but the airlines and the cruise lines are some of the greatest sales right now. They're on sale. Royal Caribbean, ridiculously, is so unbelievably low. It, it, there's no reason for it. What price is Royal Caribbean at right I, now? Um, I think the last time I looked was in the low 60s. I have to actually look because it's been a, I, I just I'm going to look it up right now just so we can take a look. But I, I'm going to tell you that it's insane. It, there's absolutely no reason that Royal Caribbean should be this low. So Royal Caribbean right now it closed on Friday. It closed at 64.21. I'm sorry, 65.01, and it dropped about 80 cents after market. But the 80, the 80 cents after market doesn't mean anything. The the fact that it said 65. So first of all, you have to understand that Royal Caribbean traded average between about 120 to 125 for the last year. So this stock is basically cut in half. So if the stock's cut in half, you need to take a minute and say, okay. If the stock's cut in half, is Royal Caribbean really going to do half their business, half the business that they did last year? There is no way Royal Caribbean is going to do half the business that they did last year. In fact, the PE, the multiple, the you know earnings per share, is 7.27. That's an insanely low number for a company that's growing. And you know they're growing because they keep they keep launching new ships. It's, it's there's, again, a fantastic move. Also, a uh, uh, a, uh, you know, a celeb- a celebrity cruise lines, not celebrity, um, Carnival Cruise Lines, CCL, Carnival Cruise Lines, who, by the way, owns Princess. And that's part of the problem because the Princess, if you know the Princess ship that was stranded or not stranded but not allowed to dock, which I have my own opinion on that too, but I don't want to get into that. But that was not allowed to dock, so that brought CCL down. Now, CCL average averages, you know, in the 40s. And it was, uh, I think, a 27 or something the other day. Let me just take a quick look. And again, that's not where we should be. So yeah, it was a twenty-seven exactly. It was it closed at twenty-seven. It, there's no reason for this. I mean, when we're talking about, uh, we're talking about this. You know, not being not. We're not even talking about it being the one-year low. We're talking about that the low in the last five years was over forty, and it's a twenty-seven now. So these are roaring to come back. I mean, these are fantastic plays now, because we're kind of not sure when this coronavirus stuff is going to go away. We had recommended two great trades. And these trades were to go out very far. In fact, if you go out to January 21st, 2022, which is an unusual play for us. We don't usually go out that far. It's it's almost a no-brainer on these stocks. You're buying 25 strike prices for, I don't know, six or seven bucks. And with that, you're like, wow. I mean, you just wait for it to come back. And it's, a, it's actually a really good place to park money while you wait for the stock market to calm down. And that's why I'm recommending this. Same thing with American Airlines, which I think was uh, what was it? Uh, also in a, in a crazy, in a crazy place right now. At 16, American Airlines at 16 is also a crazy. I mean, again, we're not American Airlines isn't going out of business. The five-year low was 28, and now it's at 16. I mean, th- these are insane numbers. These are numbers you want to jump on. The PE, the multiple, is 4.2 for American Airlines. That basically means that it's selling at four times earnings. I mean, American Airlines is an unbelievable airline. They're not going out of business. Yeah, they're going to have a couple of dings. Plus, here's what's happening. So now we've got earnings coming up in a couple of weeks. Uh, actually, about in about in about two months, actually, earnings for all these companies. Every single one of these companies, my prediction, will blow away earnings. And not only blow away earnings, but they will also say that it didn't affect them as badly as they thought. Wait for this. Just wait for it. Wait for the articles that say the coronavirus didn't affect us as badly as we thought it was going to affect us. But here's what happens if it does. What if they say, oh, our earnings tanked because of 
The coronavirus, those numbers are already built in, which will make the stock go up too. It's, uh, it, there's no doubt in my mind that these are awesome, awesome plays. I love them. One thing I was thinking about was, take the airlines, for example. Most people book their vacations, right, about three months ahead of time. Correct. So your vacation people aren't going to be able to just cancel their trip, or maybe they can, depending on well, American it, Airlines yeah, policy. Yeah, the airlines policy are changing now, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, some of them are. I know that uh, some of the cruise lines are, but they're doing it to entice more people to book if they know that they can cancel. And, you know, business travelers probably have to travel just as much as they always have, business travelers who have to go meet. Well, the, the problem is the business travelers are the problem. Because the business travelers, they're all canceling their they're all canceling their business trips. I mean, you can see it in the articles all, all day long that they're you know they're canceling this trip, they're canceling that trip. So it's those are the people who are going to affect the airlines, if anything. It's not the cruise ships. In fact, Pence said something yesterday in his in his um, in his uh, speech. You know, his uh, whatever state of union, whatever you want to call it, state of the coronavirus address is I guess probably the way to put it. And and he said something. And he said, listen, he said the only people that are going to be affected by this are elderly or people with chronic conditions. Those people should avoid cruises, he said. Or young children, possibly. They're, they're saying young children are not being affected by it. They're saying they're saying elderly with chronic problems. And again, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not a health expert, but I'm watching and I'm listening to what people are saying. So they're saying so. So so who's always on cruises? The people who are on cruises are always elderly. So yeah, it'll be affected a little bit unless they think the way I think and they're elderly. They're going look. I don't care. I'm going to die soon anyway. I might as well go on a cruise and enjoy myself. So, so you're I, putting your money where your mouth is. I am absolutely. And you are going money. to absolutely. be buying. I already did. Friday, I bought a whole bunch. RCL, Carnival Cruise Lines, and American Airlines. American I bought Airlines. all three of them on Friday. <laughs> yep. Well, it'll be interesting to see how you make out <laughs> yeah. on those. Oh yeah, I, I guess I kind of have to say I bought them, didn't I? Don't I? If, I, if I'm by law, I have to say, oh yeah. By the way, I, I'm a, I'm a player on all three of them. <laughs> All right, All right, so we've uh, we've only got about thirty seconds left. Let me just um, say thanks to John Cole for helping us out today. If you're interested in becoming a sponsor for our show, you can just email us at info at investorschooling dot com. Info at investorschooling dot com. We'll see you here next week at three p.m. on Sunday, and don't forget to visit investorschooling dot com for your free complimentary class.